Hello, friends, and welcome to the Reclamation Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Colleen Johnson, and I'm here to guide us in raw conversations about thriving in life and work so that together we can step into personal agency and stop letting life happen to us. We'll cover topics like health, boundaries, communication, finances, and worthiness. That badass business you've been dreaming of, it's not so far off. The desire to wake up feeling fully alive, it's right around the corner. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the podcast. I am really excited to have this conversation today, and I'm feeling really cozy today. its I don't always record in the evenings, but today it's an evening, and I'm cozy in my office. I've got some chamomile tea, and the sun is starting to set where I am. So yeah, I'm just, I don't know, feeling really good, and I'm excited about today's conversation. So that's just a little bit about where I'm at tonight, and who I have with me today is Esther Loopstra. So Esther Loopstra is a professional artist, an educator, and a creative coach whose work is an extension of her perpetual curiosity. Her art has been shown in galleries, used for print ads, editorials, books, stationery products, textiles, and more. Esther holds degrees in counseling and illustration and has taught at Kent State University and Cornish College of the Arts. She obsessively studies neuroscience, the creative process, intuition, mindfulness, and the psychology of flow. Esther offers one-on-one sessions and specialized workshops that allow individuals to connect to their intuition and authentic selves so they can create amazing things in the world. So Esther, thank you so much for being here with me today. I am obsessed with your bio, and I think we'll have so much to chat about, so I'm really excited to dive in. So thank you for joining me. Thanks for inviting me. I'm really excited to be here as well. I think we really align in our purpose and uh, what excites us too. Yeah. Yeah. I know when I read your bio the first time I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like you study things and you're just curious about things that I'm also curious about. And um, so I think it'll be fun to just kind of hear your lens and what you have, the rabbit trails that you have gone down in your own education and curiosity. So I think it'll be really fun. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So as we get started, I would love if you could just share a little bit of where you're recording from, what you have in front of you, just kind of setting the stage for folks who are listening. Yes, I am in Seattle, South Seattle, and I it's still kind of warm here. We're having a really warm summer. So I'm in my office and I'm looking out at the giant sunflowers that I planted in front of my window (laughs) and they haven't even bloomed yet, but they're super tall. So yeah, it's really, really fun. I was actually listening to them blowing in the wind and they made like just this beautiful sound rubbing together. So it was, it was kind of a really beautiful visceral moment. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love that so much. I love that you like notice too, just like how the flowers made sound as they were blowing the wind. That's really beautiful. Yeah. That mindfulness part, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. I know one of the meditations that I walk my clients through is actually where we do kind of an environment scan, noticing textures and colors and sounds and things like that, just because it's amazing the things we don't notice in our everyday. And then when we give ourselves the opportunity and the kind of the permission to slow down, it's amazing. Like how much is actually going on around us and how beautiful, like 
those little things are just like the flowers touching one another. So beautiful. And so important for our creativity. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that's the perfect beginning to diving into your story a little bit, because I would love to hear about your creativity and kind of the different ways that you utilize it. So I'd love to hear what is your story? How did you start on this creative journey and doing what you do? And what did you have to reclaim to really become who you are today? Hmm. I love that question. It's a very long journey. I mean, it feels long to me because <laughs> it's, like, it's been a lot of, uh, you know, twists and turns, but yeah. Uh, I grew up in a family that I was actually, I'm the daughter of a pastor. And so I grew up in uh, mostly Southern California, but we moved around a lot. And um, my dad was actually really creative. So he really encouraged us creatively. But at the same time, I grew up in a very dogmatic religion church Mm -hmm. and there was like abuse and um, trauma there. And so you know, I think a lot of times people think that artists are very, like, always driven by their intuition, very flowy, you know, very (laughs) connected to themselves, and that just wasn't the case for me. I was, I knew I was always intuitive, but I was always driven by either what I should do, my logical mind, um, or what other people wanted me to do, or what God wanted me to do and things like that. So it, most of my, I guess most of my journey kind of was around, I like to kind of describe it as the unveiling process of your authentic self, right? So I had yeah. so many voices in my head of like, who, you know, who to listen to everybody, but my own inner knowing. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it was just this kind of journey. And, um, I went through this huge transformation uh, right around like my Saturn return, right around, you know, 26 or so and ended up leaving my religion and my, all my friends, cause they were all a part of that. My husband who was abusive, I ended up going to art school, which is, a, was a dream of mine. And even then I did sort of the logical thing and I chose illustration, which I was really determined to create a career where I could really, you know, have income. Mm -hmm. And so I, I was a commercial illustrator for a really long time and it was fun. I, I, I did really enjoy it. Had like a lot of amazing clients. I actually started because I went to school in Minneapolis. I started um, Mm -hmm. at Target headquarters. So did a lot of commercial work and, like for commercial products, retail products, sorry, packaging, um, things like that. And so what happened was that I realized that like when I got, even when I was in school, when I got out of school, that I just kept abandoning myself. And what I mean was I would get a chance for a job and, or like a client and something in me would be like, Mm, no, this doesn't sound fun at all. (laughs) But I would, in my logical mind, I would be like, oh, this is what you should do, right? This is, it doesn't, you know, I should just ignore my, well, now I know it was my intuition, right? But I should just ignore that, push it down and then do the thing. Cause that's, you know, that's what we're all taught, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, is to kind of 
do the logical thing, do the thing that gets you to the next step, work hard, even if it sucks and you don't like it, you have to do it to get to the next level. That's what we're all taught, right? Mm -hmm. So I just kept doing this over and over again. So even though I was creating like fun work, I was working for clients I didn't like. I was working hours I didn't like. I was doing, you know, I was doing things that just felt not not good, not aligned with me. And so what happened was I just kept getting burnt out <laughs> over and over again. Mm. And, you know, and even though I was like having these cool jobs and connections and stuff, I just, it didn't feel good. And I was like, what is wrong here? Right. And so I, I think one of the turning points was that I took this intuitive painting class and online and, uh, from, Flora Bali. I don't know. If, and if anyone is interested, she's amazing. If anyone's interested in that, but she teaches these classes and they're very intuitive. I'd always loved painting, but I couldn't get out of my head. And, and so it, it just felt very like frustrating to me. And so this was like the first time when I felt like after I painted, I felt like it was me like coming mm. out as an expression. And it just was kind of mind blowing. And so I sort of went down this rabbit hole, researching creativity, intuition, flow, neuroscience. And I was teaching, you know, I've been teaching for a long time, college, right? Illustration in college. And so I started teaching these things to my students and I started workshops about creativity and connecting to your intuition and and so it kind of just snowballed from there. And then just a couple of years ago, I, I kind of came to another point. You know, I think we, all of us have these points in our life where life asks us go, to go deeper. Mm, yeah. So let go of those layers, go deeper to the authentic, more authentic and more authenticity, more authenticity. So I just got to this point where it's like, you know what, I... I am just going to listen to my intuition and I'm not going to listen to my, whatever my mind is telling me to do because I'm a real like go-getter. So whenever I, so whenever I, I was all about the hustle, right. Whenever I had an yeah. idea, I would do it. And it was just, I was just getting burnt out. So, um, so yeah, like a couple of years ago, everything shifted and I just let, I just let everything go. And I just started following my intuition with everything and when I don't do that, it's, it's, it's bad. <laughs> and when I do do that, it's amazing. So I really found, and I've just gotten more and more into how to do that, you know, help people do that and, um, and teach that and stuff. So, so yeah, it's, I guess that's kind of where I am. It's a really long answer. <laughs> no, I love it so much. And I just really appreciate your vulnerability and sharing your story as well, because I know some of those in like pivotal moments are, they are vulnerable and they are, um, there's so much to them. And I'm sure you could share so much more um, detail into them um, as well, just because those experiences hold, hold a lot. Um, and I really appreciate, so I also grew up in a conservative Christian family. I didn't have like parents who were pastors or anything, but I grew up uh, very much ingrained in that. And so I, when you were talking just about how, people kind of think that artists have this, like are led by their intuition, but then kind of like the dogma kind of kept, kept that from actually flowing in the way that now you embrace it. I was like, mm, yes, 
Yeah. I know for me growing up, it was really interesting. So I like, I do coaching, but then more so on my hobby, I suppose at this point is art is more so a hobby, but um, I went to school for graphic design. And so I was in that and it was very much like, I would sometimes create art that was darker or it was like my, it was almost like my inner spirit was trying to say, Hey, Hey, pay attention. But then, you know, I'd have to like rein it in because that's not, wasn't particularly welcomed. Um, yeah. So it was when you were sharing that, it was like, oh yeah, I feel yeah. that. Oh, I resonate with that. And I can only imagine how many creatives out there do feel that because there's such a line of this is acceptable in this space and this is not acceptable in this space. And when you kind of step outside of that, especially when you're growing up, it comes down to safety and it comes down to belonging as a child. Um, so yeah, yeah, that was really interesting and beautiful. Just thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm still going deeper, you know, even recently just sharing like, you know, even just, you know, yeah, just the fact that it's always, it's always getting deeper. And especially if you're an artist, it's so hard to walk that line between, you know, what do I do for my business and what do I do Mm. for my own need to share Yeah. I'd love if you could share a little bit. So uh, there's so many different things that you had mentioned, but I'd love if you could describe, so you mentioned flow and Mm -hmm. you also have that in your bio of like your study and you're, you're curious about the psychology of flow. And I'm curious if you could define that for us. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Flow has been studied a lot, and the person who first kind of coined the phrase flow is, his name is Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, and he described it as, I'm going to paraphrase a bit, but um, it's a state of consciousness where you are very focused, you are um, in a heightened state of awareness, you're, um, you are really in this genuine state of bliss and mm-hmm. you are really productive. So this very like heightened state of consciousness. And a lot of times people feel like either time goes slower or faster. Uh, they feel like very much in their body um, most of the time, like present moment. And, um, and yeah, we, they've actually done studies where people are their happiest when they have a lot of flow. They are also the mo- more productive by a pretty, pretty big percentage. So, so it's, yeah. So I think like most people have felt this when mm-hmm they're creating or cooking or walking or even like talking with a friend uh, where you get into the state of flow. And there's also like group flow and you can have different kinds of flow as well. So, yeah. 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 That's so interesting. So I asked that because, so our topic today is reclaiming your creativity through intuition. And as I was thinking about intuition and also just listening to your story, what came up for me was this, this realization that it sounded like when you trusted your intuition, you got to a state of flow, correct? Yeah. Well, yeah. So flow has certain triggers. And so we know this from the studies is that there's certain triggers where we can do these things 
and they will have more of a chance of getting into flow. So one of the main ones is deep, it's called deep embodiment. And so I like to talk about intuition and how I like to teach and, and coach my clients is that like kind of the first step is getting into your body because your intuition really most of the time speaks through your body. And so if we are detached from our body, if we're like really in our head, um, it's, it's really hard for us to get into flow. So when we connect to our intuition and we have, we're able to sense our body, uh, they call it introspection. So feeling like what it feels inside your body, then we're able to get triggered into flow easier. Yeah. So that makes total sense when you put it like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. And I kind of want to divert a little bit. Like I just have so many questions because so much of what you're sharing is so interesting and what you are curious about and what you teach. So first of all, thank you for sharing that like first step of embodiment. That makes so much sense. And I'm curious too about neuroscience. So you mentioned that in your, in your bio and such as well, what specifically about neuroscience do you study? Yeah, well, I first kind of started studying it in regards to creativity. Uh, now I'm just kind of obsessed <laughs> with the whole idea of well, everything I can get my hands on, really. Yeah, neuroscience and creativity. I'm, I'm just curious about that because I know so much of our world and how we like we form so much of our world and how we see like the lenses that we look at the world through. But I'd love to know, and I'm just curious about like, yeah, neuroscience and creativity. Let's go there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So basically like how, what I, what I teach a lot is that, you know, we have, there's, um, there's, there's, there's a lot of ways to talk about, there's a lot of ways to talk about how we perceive the world. Right. And so there's kind of two ways that I can kind of explain it. The first one is we have two modes of our, our brain. So one of them is being really analytical and really focused. Um, and that's, um, that's, so these are basically two networks of our brain. So that's one. And so that would be kind of like what I was talking about before, where I would just take everything analytically. Right. Mm. And, um, and so we can get into this, like maybe hyper analytical state, which that can be really helpful if we're like critiquing or things like that. Um, but I think, and I have this process that I walk people through of the creative process, cause I've studied the creative process. So, you know, in our consumer culture, <laughs> we've been taught to, you know, brand ourselves. We've been taught to, especially if you worked in design or if you've worked in corporate mm -hmm. America or, you know, you've taken any classes about how to brand yourself or whatever. We're taught that, you know, we need to kind of just use our logical mind, create like a pretty package of what people want. And we just, we just have to figure that package out. Right. So most of us are going into the creative process, whether it be a project or whether it be our own business, right? Because I work with a lot of creative entrepreneurs and yeah. they're looking at it just from 
okay, what are the, what are these people telling me that I need to do? What, um, what is the culture telling me that I need to do? So all of it using your logical mind, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and that almost relates also to that dogma piece where like yes. if you grew up in any type of, like we all have grown up in the cultures that we have surrounding us, but if you're a different subculture or your religion, they also like, it's also this like outward focus instead of inward focus. Yeah. It's all the whole culture is, is outward focused because we've been taught, you know, um, I mean, our culture is based on, you know, slavery. It's based on, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, industrialization, consumerism. So we are taught this person tells me what to do. So then I do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we have to kind of flip the model. And so my model actually looks like a kind of like a funnel, (laughs) right? Where the first step is you need to get into open mode. So John Cleese coined that phrase. (laughs) He was in Monty Python, but he loves to talk about like creativity, but he calls it open mode. Um, And that's kind of the other that's the other network of our brain, which is really kind of daydreaming, big picture, opening up to possibilities, playful, exploratory, right? So Mm -hmm. that's putting it very simply. It's not actually not that kind of cut and dry, but I like to kind of, you know, he, he talks about it in open and closed mode, which is the great way to look at it. So I kind of the first step instead of when you are looking at things from that very narrow analytical point of view, you're actually, what you're doing is you are using the analytical brain, which actually bases all of its information off of what it's experienced before. Mm-hmm. And it's what other people are telling you to do or what, you know, basically everything that it thinks that it knows logically from experience. Right. And so yeah. When you open up to open mode, you actually can tap into more of your brain, more possibilities, mm-hmm. right? And your subconscious and your, that's where your intuition lives. So going back to neuroscience, they know now that approximately 95 to 98% of our uh, knowledge I'm talking about like in our body, in our cells, in our brain, 98% of that is subconscious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we don't even know that we know it. Right. And like, so that's kind of like running the show. Um, but also that's where our intuition lies. That's where a lot of this knowledge lies. So when we can actually tap, go into that open mode, tap into that, we're starting with all these possibilities first, instead of like narrowing it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just- One of my coaches um, puts it like you're turning on the light switch. Yeah. Like we have like a flashlight and that's all we can see. And, and this yeah. is like turning the light switch on. So you can be like, okay, wait, what is all this other stuff? I love that. And then you can actually be like, okay, cool. I got what I want now. Cause I think from at least some of what I've learned is like, it's, we don't always stay in on mode <laughs> with the light switch on, but we can turn it on. We can see what we want and we can kind of craft our world from that new place and be like, okay, cool. I got what I want now. 
and then turn our like flashlight on so we're not like overwhelmed and overstimulated but yes oh exactly so we so especially for creatives going back and forth that's why being creative is so hard (laughs) because we constantly be going back and forth through those two modes right of like Mm. focusing and then being open to new possibilities right yeah and and like um you can actually access this mode when you're like when you're taking a shower and you get those aha moments 100% always happens to me yeah that's and it's called the default network so you can actually you can actually use that to your advantage right so you can work in a focused mode and then you can take a break and take a shower, garden, something that gets you into flow, right? And when you're in flow, you can access more of your brain and get into that, get those ahas. I feel like that's, um, I'm remembering even when I did graphic design more regularly, it was always, I think it was somewhat annoying to the people that I would work with where I would need to take breaks. I Now I work from home so I can kind of do whatever I want and I, you know, craft my own schedule. Um, but I think creatives in general, we do notice that the creatives tend to need more breaks. And I think that's exactly what you're saying. It's this, we have this innate knowing that we need to take breaks to access these different states, I think. But oftentimes we force ourselves to like sit down, sit at a computer, try and like knock it all out. And then we end up with writer's block or um, you know whatever block it is that we have. That's just what came to mind when you were saying that. Yeah. And they're even there. I'm reading this book right now. um, And it's talking about how our knowledge is actually in our body. And so, you know, we're, we're so like obsessed. We've been taught, you know, sit down, do your work, Mm -hmm. even in school, you know, at work and the culture of design. Oh my gosh. It's so bad. Like you just sit at your desk. Right. But actually moving your body actually helps us think Mm. like they're like proving this now. So, um, that comes back to your, your flow process, right? That's what it was that, or your intuition process where embodiment is the first step. That's, that's like a a flow trigger, right? Is like just getting embodied. Yeah. Yeah connecting to your body. It's amazing. I have a friend who she said she wrote her whole dissertation running, like jogging. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love that. (laughs) Hey, hey, it's Megan here. We'll get right back into today's conversation. But before we do, I'm here to let you know just a little bit about my life coaching and creative consulting. As a coach, I work with creatives, misfits, and holy outsiders who often feel trapped in overwhelm, overgiving, and fear but who also have a passion for doing something meaningful in the world. These folks are ready to hand back their past programming and rise as the leader of their own life. If this sounds like you, and you are so ready to start your own reclamation journey, let's chat. I invite you to book a free consultation with me at my website, megscolleen.com. That's M-E-G-S-C-O-L-L-E-E-N.com. Now let's dive back into today's conversation. So I want to try and like circle back a little bit. So neuroscience specifically. So you mentioned there's, so we have these two different aspects of our brain and most of our body functions from the unconscious, 
which is also within our body. And then I think we kind of got on a rabbit trail. Was there more there? Um, yeah. So, so we can also, I also describe it doesn't the other way I kind of describe it is the brainwave states. So, so our subconscious, you know, holds like even it holds like so much, right. Our past traumas. So whenever we have like reactions, um, that are really like, if you have, like you have, if you're having an argument with a friend or like your partner and you just like react so strongly and you're like, why did I react like that? You know, that's something in your subconscious, right. Is, Mm -hmm. is getting triggered. So it could be, and our body holds that, you know, our mind, you know, our mind is a part of our body, but, but so, um, and it's subconscious. So, so the brainwave states are really interesting because when we're in that like kind of closed mode or, you know, and very analytical mode. And I sometimes call it the mind loop where <laughs> you're like, your mind is spinning about like all the ideas that you should be doing or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, that's, that's a beta brainwave state. So that's, so, so scientists have measured like how these different kinds of brainwave states that are, that, that we cycle through during the day and how fast they are. Right. And that they do different things. They access different parts of the brain. They are networks. So when we're in that beta state, when we're in high beta, it can be that really crazy mind loop where you're really actually getting triggered and you're like, um, can't, you can't stop your mind, that monkey mind, you can't stop the mind from racing, right? Lower beta might be like deep concentration, focus, you know, which is great. And then when you can actually do that deep embodiment, and this is kind of why like the first step that I take clients and stuff through is really getting connected to yourself, to your body, really finding out what self-care looks like for you. So when we get our brainwave state to be a little bit slower, we get into alpha. And alpha is like a very creative space. So maybe we're more in that open mode, right? But we're still kind of focused. Um, This could be like light meditation. Um, So we're beginning to get like more embodied, um, more connected. And what this what this does is it really, they've shown that it kind of, it takes all the focus away from our frontal prefrontal cortex is where all that analytical stuff is happening. And then it begins to, um, our brain begins to use more of the entire brain, right. And connect Mm -hmm. to our body. So then when we get even into like maybe a deeper meditation or maybe hypnosis, things like that, we can access our subconscious um, we can access our intuition and flow. You can probably get into flow when you're in alpha as well, but when you're in theta, that's like an even more deep embodied state, or even maybe getting into like connecting with the metaphysical or having spiritual experiences, things like that, really deeply connecting to your intuition. And, and then what's really interesting is that researchers have found, like, when we get into that state, we actually have, like, these gamma waves, which they think, they don't know very much about it, but gamma, they think is those aha moments. So those mm. little moments of, like, oh, you know, this, I should do this. So 
it all kind of connects together. So really, and you know, that's why I like to talk about, or, and I have exercises too, like that get you into that state. And then, and, and it has to do with mindfulness too. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we can access it during the day. We can get into flow this way. We can heal. Like if we really get into that deep theta, we can um, even alpha, we can heal those subconscious and reprogram those subconscious beliefs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's just, it's just really, really fascinating to me how, you know, how all the science is kind of coming together and, and showing us, showing us all these things. And some of them are, some of them are like, you know, really connected to deep spiritual truths that have been around for a long time. Totally. Yeah. Well, it's so interesting. So I've just started integrating hypnosis into my practice, just little bits at a time as I'm learning it. And it is just, it's wild how much, again, it's wild the answers that we have within ourselves. And when we get into those states, what I think is just so beautiful is as a coach, I don't have to provide the answers because they're already within someone else and their intuition holds the keys I can just be the guide. And I think that's just like incredible. And, and as well, just the science. And I love that you do have like the, the spiritual background as well. Something that I love as I'm doing my own exploration is being able to actually see some of the through lines in different religions. And then in some of the sciences, it's a little bit wild. It's super cool. <laughs> yeah, it really is. You know, and I think like, yeah, I think the through line is really mindfulness. Um, yeah. And, and I love just like some of the science around, around basically compassion and love mm. too. It's just super incredible. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So I know we originally, our topic was going to be reclaim your creativity for intuition. Yeah. Through intuition, which I think all of these pieces connect to that, but I wanted to kind of circle back to that and see when you specifically think about reclaiming your creativity through intuition, what does that mean for you? And what would you most want listeners to kind of pull from even just the things we've been talking about when it comes to creativity and intuition? Yeah, I think, you know, just what you said is that you have the answers within you. We do need each other. You know, the more I learn about, you know, because something that I went went through that I didn't really talk about either is, um, part of my healing was really doing a lot of trauma therapy and healing, mm -hmm. going into the subconscious and healing that. And my therapist always says, you know, we need another nervous system because our nervous systems are wired that way. So mm -hmm. the beautiful thing about coaching, you know, what you do, what I do is, is we do need each other to mirror back to, especially if we have had we have, you know, we had trauma or we have had not the best mirroring, right? We do mm -hmm. need other people to mirror back to us who we are, who our core creative essence is, who we are. Um, so that is something that we do need, but you have the answers inside of you and we're just here to affirm that, you know, and mm -hmm. to acknowledge that. You know, and I think like the, one of the hardest things is for people to trust, begin to trust their intuition because all of your life you've been told that 
you need to look outside yourself for, you know, answers for permission. So it's really, it's not your fault. (laughs) You know, it's hard to trust ourselves, but it's so worth it. And so you can start, you know, to, you can start to do that, start to really begin to look inside of yourself um, for how did my, how does my intuition speak to me? How has my intuition talked to me in the past? You know, how does my intuition feel in my body? Where do I feel it? Usually people feel it in their gut, in their heart. If you're just feeling it in your mind or you don't feel it at all in your body, that's totally fine. Because a lot of us, if we've experienced trauma, we have disassociated from our body. So Mm -hmm. doing some somatic work or trauma exercises, that grounding exercise that you talked about where you're looking at your environment, that's really great. But it's a slow process in trusting, beginning to be able to trust yourself, but it's totally possible and doing the work is so worth it. (laughs) I'm curious for for listeners, you've already shared so many incredible learnings and, and yeah, just beautiful things, but I'm curious if there are three kind of empowering tips, you kind of just shared some, um, but like three specific tips for folks who do want to reconnect to their intuition. What do you recommend? Yeah. So I would say, you know, the first one, kind of just like what I was talking about asking yourself, because we have a strong negativity bias, right. And we also have a strong bias of like looking outside of ourselves. So consider maybe writing or journaling or free writing about when has your intuition talked to you in the past? So affirming, affirming your intuition can really help that bias to be like, oh, right. Okay. This did happen for me. And it could be even a negative thing. Like my intuition told me to leave this job or leave this relationship. A lot of times people remember the negativity, you know, because we have a negativity bias. So even if it's a negative thing, just kind of write about how did, how did you, how did that feel when you, when you, and and intuition is not a feeling, it's a knowing, right. But we sense Mm. it in our body a lot of times. So how did you sense it? And then, you know, just begin, number two, begin to tune into that interoception, that inner knowing, inner kind of feeling of your body. So I like to give people a little assignment of like, take a morning. Morning is great if you can't do morning anytime, but morning is perfect because you're kind of fresh you haven't gone deeply into, (laughs) um, into your beta brain. Um, so like if you can schedule even like a couple hours in the morning where you don't have any responsibility, maybe on a weekend and just wake up and kind of ask yourself, okay, what do I want to do? What do I want to do today or right now? And just kind of sense into, you know, what that is. The first thing that kind of comes to your mind, maybe it's like drinking drinking coffee or, you know, taking a walk and follow that. And then take note of how you feel when you followed it. And then ask Mm -hmm. yourself again, what, 
what do I want to do, you know, and follow that. We're so, we've been so conditioned to ignore our needs, our bodies, even as babies, right? Yeah. We cry, we get reprimanded, we pull hair, we get reprimanded, we say what we need, we get pushed down, right? So we're, we've been taught to kind of push our feelings down and the things that our body needs. So just begin to listen to those impulses and just just maybe write about how that how that feels. And the third thing that I would say is just maybe ask yourself, is there anything that my intuition has been nudging me to do that seems totally illogical, <laughs> right? Mm. So maybe you have a plan of what you're supposed to be doing. For me, I was always, you know, when I first started doing this work, I was like, why am I doing, why why am I writing newsletters to my clients and talking about, I don't know, neuroscience or things? I'm like, they, they don't care, right? Like, why am I doing that? <laughs> there wasn't as many people back then talking about it um, as there is now. So I didn't have as many kind of expanders to show me that it was possible. So a lot of times if we don't have people who are doing these things, then we don't know that it's possible, right? Because we can only mm -hmm. see to believe what's possible. So um, is there anything that you've been sensing that you're curious about, that you're excited maybe about, but you keep pushing it down because it doesn't really fit into your plan? So just maybe ask yourself that and get curious. So my whole kind of process starts with curiosity, exploration, play, and that broader, broader expansiveness. Um, and then, and then funneling down into focus. So, so yeah, and just, you know, our path is not, I spent a lot of time spinning my wheels because I thought that my path had to look a certain way. And I just, I just want people to know that like, it's okay if things don't go as planned, <laughs> you know, um, I didn't want to be a teacher and I ended up being like one of the greatest gifts, like that I have, <laughs> that mm. I discovered. And I didn't also, also did not want to be a coach. And then when I started coaching, I was like, whoa, this is amazing. <laughs> and, and everyone's been so, yeah. So just, you know, starting with that more open perspective, I think, and asking yourself, is there anything that I'm sort of blocking here? Yeah, I love that. Those are so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing those. I'm curious, are there any loose ends that you feel like we started going down a direction and then maybe got caught up and did a different direction that you kind of want to circle back to? Or if there's anything else you want to add? I think just like, you know, being trauma, aware of trauma in your life mm. has been a big thing for me. So I just want to say um, trauma doesn't have to be like a big thing, like being in a war or being abused or anything like that. It can be anything that didn't allow you to process or become your fullest self and could be anything from, you know, not being seen or heard as a child um, to something big. But just being aware that, you know, if you, if you do have trouble connecting to your intuition or to your body, you know, just maybe checking out some resources around 
trauma that when I really broke through some of those things that really helped me so much with my intuition and with my creativity in general and having compassion for myself. So that's like such a key thing that I am really passionate about is just bringing compassion to ourselves um, in whatever way that feels good to you. So, yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that background. Cause that is such a huge, a huge part of many folks, most folks stories. Um, I think in, in an essence, we we've all had some type of trauma and yeah, I just really appreciate you kind of circling back to that and recognizing that in four folks. So thank you. So let's dive into some wrap-up questions. We've talked a lot about different things that you do. I mean, I guess they've just been kind of sprinkled throughout, but what is one way you slow down amidst our busy world? Yeah, well, I, I, a while ago, it's been a while now, but I started to create a morning practice and that just involves either meditation or connecting to what I call my, your essence, my essence. Um, and I do free writing and meditation. It could look like walking and yeah, being still, uh, sometimes I'll take breaks during the day and just like wash the dishes or just being mindful and coming back to my body. Mm. Like that is, that is just such a major thing. And, and meditation has been really huge um, in my process too. So, yeah. Yeah. I love that. I have to ask, and you don't have to share the specifics, but I have to ask, do you name your essence by chance? Oh. Um, some people do, right? No, I don't think I ever have. Okay. No, I'm just curious. I, there's a coach I'm working with right now and she's asking me or she's invited me to kind of name different archetypes within myself. And so when you mentioned kind of connecting to your essence, I was like, "Mm, I wonder if she names her essence. Like, is that an archetype kind of within you that you name? So I just had to ask, but (laughs) I love that. I love that. You know, I mean, I think I could kind of describe it, but but yeah, I love that naming of with archetypes. That's really, that's beautiful. Oh, I might so have to do fun. that. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know if you do. I'd love to know. No, have you named yours? You. Have you named yours? I haven't. I haven't. I'm in like part of my homework from one of my coaches right now is naming kind of a portion of myself. It's more so like I'm naming my bad bitch energy archetype. That's what I'm currently I'm like trying to trust my intuition <laughs> in leading me to the right name for that archetype. So I'm, I'm on that path. <laughs> I think right now I'm really focusing on my sensual nature. So mm. sensuality, kind of that embodying that, yeah, really feminine yeah. kind of energy. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Because that's very taboo in the religion religious it takes takes 100% to be able to really tap into that so yeah yeah absolutely I feel like that's um we'll continue with wrap-up questions in a second but I feel like that is one of the the biggest things that I've had to navigate exiting Christianity is definitely that more sensual and feminine side so honoring you on that journey it's, Mm. it's it's a big journey so 
Who are a couple humans that you deeply admire or folks that you're currently learning from? Oh man, there's probably too many to <laughs> I just um I'm always just fascinated by so many and wanting to learn. I uh I just watched a documentary by Gabor Gabor Mate. I don't know if you know who he is. He does a lot of work around trauma and okay. addiction and things like that. He yeah, he's really amazing. And just a lot of Resma Monikim. He's another person who talks about trauma and mm. he talks about generational trauma. And then uh, people like Scott Barry Kaufman, who's a psychologist. There's a woman, Denise, Denise Bomkins. She is, she's on Instagram and she talks about, I think her, her handle is in bloom, but she talks about aging and women mm-hmm. in Asia, she has all these like beautiful um, photographs of women. And so I have been really loving her take and thinking a lot about that as well, about like aging and, yeah. you know, women and how we perceive ourselves in that way. And there's another <laughs> person, Kevin James Thornton, who is just freaking hilarious. If you, since you grew up in the church, um, you should check them out because they have all these like really funny videos, especially about like growing up in Christian fundamentalists. Yeah. (laughs) It does all these videos. It's really funny. So I will definitely look that up. (laughs) I love humor. I love humor. So that's, that's just a a funny one. Humor can be very healing. That's for sure. (laughs) I noticed when I was kind of thinking about this question, a lot of, a lot of male energy, which is funny because I'm like really working on my feminine energy, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of men that I've been really listening to lately, which isn't always the case, but it's kind of interesting. Just hearing your story, I'm sure that these people will resonate both with the audience and with myself. So I'm really excited to dive into them. So thank you for sharing all of them. And then lastly, how can we find and support you online? Yeah, my website is flowintoauthenticity.com. And mm-hmm. my Instagram is at Esther Loopstra Art. And I have a YouTube channel as well, which I'm has a lot of great information on there. Uh, I talked mm-hmm. a little bit about I have a series on flow. I have a series on, um, uh, like the neuroscience, you know, of intuition and manifestation and things like that. And so that's just my name, you know, in, you can just, I think you can, I think you can just search it or, you know, I can give you the link if you want to put that in there, but Perfect. Yeah. We'll make sure to include that in the show notes. Cause I'm sure folks will want to listen. I'm going to want to go and just do a little binge of your YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, uh, I have a, I'm just opening up a few slots for like long, like six month coaching. Um, I think they're going to go pretty fast, but I don't know when this is going to come out, but I have just a few slots open. So that's what I'm doing now. And then in the, in early next year, I think I'm going to do my mentorship again, which is really fun. Um, it's, I think I'm going to do it six months and that's like more of a group coaching and also one-on-one, but learning about all this kind of stuff that I talk about and really stepping into your creative career, right. Mm. So, um, for people who want to 
become creative entrepreneurs and really step into their essence (laughs) and expression to really do that in a safe, nurturing, intuitive way without the hustle. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing all that. And then one last kind of additional question, because we really didn't touch much on your art, but do you showcase that anywhere still or no? Yeah. So that's actually on my site as well. So you can okay, check it cool. out. But probably the best way to see that is my Instagram. My Instagram, I kind of go back and forth between showing my art. Um, so I do. Yeah. So I didn't mention this, but I, after last year, I kind of fully transitioned into just doing coaching and fine art. So I really am doing, you know, abstract expressionist artwork and it really kind of comes from this study of science and my interest in, you know, science, biology, consciousness studies, um, the interconnectedness of things. And, and yeah, so you can check all that on, on mostly on Instagram, but also on my website. And yeah, I show around, around Seattle and, um, some online shows that are coming up too. Yeah. And I also, I also like, if you're in Seattle, (laughs) be sure to like connect with me because I have, um, open studios where I open up my studio and, and we, we hang out and just make art and stuff. So, and, and I also, now I'm like talking about all the things. Um, <laughs> no, well, I love it. So I know I have some Seattle listeners. So Seattle listeners, you should go and connect with her. And yeah. also, dang, I wish I lived in Seattle because that sounds like so much fun. <laughs> yeah, like we're going to go to the art walk um, tomorrow. I'll get it kind of grouped together. But also You're I want to- making me jealous now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a lot of online things too. Like I usually have a free, every month I have a free meetup. Mm-hmm. Um, so where we talk about one of these, one of these kind of topics, um, around creativity and, um, intuition or flow or things like that. And then also I'm going to, I think I'm going to start a community and have like critiques. So mm-hmm. I have an option now where people can, I can spend an hour with them, you know, critique, not really critiquing, but like, um, looking at their portfolio and helping them to kind of focus, but having like a group critique or it's like a safe space. I feel like that's really needed, like really, really Mm. needed for people who aren't in art school, you know, or haven't been to art school. So yeah. So look for that online. I'm going to be probably starting that soon. So, yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. That's really interesting. Yeah. Supportive critique is, I, I mean, it's just like, like I hire my coaches to provide supportive critique of my mindset. Um, And that's kind of in that different sphere. It's just through, you know, your portfolio and stuff. So that's really beautiful. I love that. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I am really excited to share this conversation with everyone because it's, we just covered so much and I just love that so much. So just thank you so much for your time and for your expertise. I know that diving into these things and studying these things takes a lot of time. So I just like really admire your dedication to all of these different fields and your willingness to show up today. So thank you. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. I think, um, I talk with a lot of multi-passionate creatives and I think like many of us have that, 
that we love to study a lot of and dive into a lot of different things and it makes you really unique you know like so mm. just embracing that and it feels fun and so thank you so much for it was really fun to like get to know you and and chat with you and I really appreciate your openness and having this conversation thank you so much Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Reclamation Podcast. I hope it served you on your own reclamation journey and know that I am rooting for you all the way. If you are desiring support on your journey, head to megscolleen.com. That's M-E-G-S-C-O-L-L-E-E-N.com to learn more about me and my current coaching offerings and availability. If you want to learn more about the show guests, head to the show website, thereclamationpodcast.com. And last, but definitely not least, if you found value in the show, sharing this episode with friends and posting a quick review is always appreciated. As always, reclamation is yours.